do's and don'ts, CrossFit etiquette, unwritten CrossFit rules. You mean I can throw the chalk in the air like LeBron? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about this. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? This is E-Rock, host of 321 Show, CrossFit podcast powered by River Parish CrossFit. And of course, with me as always, Raymond Gidry, the owner of River Parish CrossFit, the guy that makes all of our CrossFit shenanigans possible. On this podcast, we're going to have some typical CrossFit banner, some do's and don'ts, pet peeves, or really just whatever we feel like talking about for the day. So sit back and relax. We hope that you enjoy, and we're coming at you now with another CrossFit podcast in three Two, one, show. All right, episode four. This week we want to talk about um, do's and don'ts are unwritten CrossFit rules, things that are kind of like, you know, we've kind of come across them throughout the years because we've been here for so long. We know the things that work and things that don't work. But what about the people that don't? I want to talk about that etiquette and those do's and don'ts and things like that. Um, so to start off with, we're just going to do some kind of basic do's. Like when you yeah. come into the box, these are the kind of things that we kind of, that we really want you to do. Number one is Wattify. Signing into Wattify, telling everybody that you're here, and it's more than just keeping track of, you know, if you're here or not. There's lots of things that go into it. Uh, number one, we track, you know, to see who's coming in throughout right. the year, how many times you're there, and it helps with uh, trackable metrics with some of the stuff that we do financially, financial-wise. But the main reason that people should log into Wattify is so that you can log those workouts track your progress track your progress especially when we do repeatable workouts like you know things from the open which we've done this week uh you know fran grace all those fun workouts that crossfit loves and one of the things that i like about it is that if somebody feels like crap like they haven't been progressing well like we can literally come to them and say well let's look at some of your graphs like i can see right here a year ago you could only squat 130 pounds and right now, today, you squatted 145 pounds. Right. You know, Still, like, the needle moved in the right direction. Yeah, things are moving, and, and I, could, I have actual physical evidence to show you, hey, you are getting better. Like, right. I get that you feel like crap, but Wattify right. says otherwise. Well, just yesterday, you know, we ran through 15.5 again. Uh, for most of us, we haven't done it since 15.5 and swore that we would never do it again. And I wouldn't have. Uh, but one of our members this morning, going back yesterday afternoon, they were looking at everybody's stuff on the whiteboard, and they saw it. They were like, man, Ray, everybody had a gold star next to their name, you know? And that's coming from somebody that wasn't here during 15.5. This was their first time doing 15.5 with us, and then going back and looking at everybody else's progress, knowing that whatever we've done since then to now, has been the right things yeah and prs are fantastic and you know showing people that they're getting fit is fantastic as well but we use it as a tool as coaches as well 
because we'll have athletes come in here who aren't really familiar with a whole lot of stuff or they just choose not to really care that much, which is fine. But, you know, when we're doing snatches and I say, well, okay, well, what weight should I use, coach? And I say, I I don't know. How much can you snatch? Well, I don't know either. Well, we can go up to the whiteboard and anytime you've ever done it, there's a little graph next to your name. I could pull it up and say, okay, well, this says the most you ever done was 75 pounds, so let's go ahead and do this weight. Right. Whereas if you didn't care or if you didn't track those metrics, I really wouldn't know. And then we kind of have to spend a little extra time to see what you can do or maybe take a guess. Right. So it's just a, a better tool and for we, everyone. We try, we try our best to remember everybody's weights on every single lift, but we have a hard enough time remembering our own most of the time. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, the other thing that we want to talk about some of the do's is being on time. So I'm kind of on both sides of the fence in this. Number one, I, I get it. You know, I, I coach a lot of the nine o'clocks. We have a lot of the same ladies that come in all the time. And there are a handful of them that don't come on time, but they've got kids to get on a bus. They've got kids to drop off at daycare, and, you know, right. and it's kind of conflicting with the schedule. So I get that. Um, so I'm not going to give anybody, you know, penalty, burpee penalties for being no. late and stuff like that. Although I will threaten them sometimes just because we have that relationship. You got to be kind of funny. Bit of crap just for being a little bit of late. Yeah. And the only thing that I say about it is like, you know, hey, when you come in, try not to hold the class up. Try, maybe usually you can kind of jump right into the warm up or you can jump into whatever part of right. the why that we're on. No harm, no foul. You know, just you just got to kind of think collectively. You don't really want to hold up the entire class because if there's 10 people that come at 9 and they absolutely have to get out at 10 and you show up at 9:15 and then we got to go over everything else and now they're not finishing right. at 10. So it just all kind of different things happen that can affect I, other people. I kind of go by like the 10 minute rule. You know, if they they're within 10 minutes of the class starting, you figure after 10 minutes, we've already stretched, knocked out half of the warm-up sometimes, and we're starting to, to load out for the workout or set up for whatever we're going to do that day. So, I mean, you're 20 minutes late rolling into class. You're far behind, you know, considering most of our workouts, most of our days last 50 minutes because mm-hmm. we got a 10-minute pickup before the next class. So you're 20, 25 minutes late. You might as well just roll into that next class. That's just courteous for the coach or the people next that's going to be working out next to you, you know. Sometimes it's a little different because we have we do have two clocks set up in our, our facility. So if, if I know it's somebody that's been here for a while, has a pretty good idea of what's going on, you know, we may just tell them, look, set up. Once they're finished, we'll roll you. They don't need much coaching or much supervision. But uh, especially newer athletes, yeah, you, you have to be on time. You have to, to get the whole concept of what's going on that day. Uh, in order to be successful. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side of that, we've had situations where, um, let's say our class starts at 4.30. Somebody gets here at 4 o'clock, and they start prepping themselves, warming up, stretching, doing all them things because they want to hurry up. And now I don't don't really wait for the class. I'm just going to go ahead and start doing my thing. And, again, it's kind of like you kind of give or take. So, number one, if you're going outside of the class, you don't. You can't expect a lot of coaching. That's correct. Um, number two, we really don't want you to get to where you're that's impeding your, the class. Yeah, that's your, or, we don't want that to be your everyday situation. Yeah. Like once a week, your kid got a dance recital or something. You got to come in a little early, start setting up and going. But what starts to happen is one person shows up and does that. Then the next day, two people are doing it. Then you got three people. What happens is 
4.30 kicks around or, or 5.30, whatever class it is, and I've got four people ready to do the workout, and we're just starting to stretch. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, can we start the clock? Can we? That's when it starts getting to be, right. you know, unproductive for the whole class. It starts to kill the, the group training atmosphere. It kills the community aspect, you know. Onesies, twosies, here and there is understandable. People have things to do in their lives outside the box, and they still want to get their workout in. And we're fully understanding of that, and we accommodate. But for that to be the normal practice, yeah, that's not healthy. Right. And Lord knows I'm guilty of it myself. But, you know, a lot of times my daughter plays soccer in Metairie. So sometimes I got to get out of work, hurry up, bang it out. But I'm off to the side, not bothering anybody. And, you know, when other people do that kind of thing and they kind of stay off to the side and they do that thing, that's cool. You know, we just, of course, we're just talking about, you know, we don't want the disruption of class and things like that every once in a while. Um, Now, another thing, we also have a lot of athletes that are a little more serious about it. They're more competitive. They, you know, do all these crazy, quirky things, whatever, which is cool. I get it. I respect that. Um, But if you want to do all those things that's going to take extra time to stretch hips with the band and, you know, maybe get a mile run in before the wide, make sure you come early. Because, again, if you consider everybody else's time, coaches, the other athletes that are here, you know, don't get here at 4:25. Take 15 minutes to stretch while we're all ready to go for the 4:30 class, and then you're like, "Well, hold on, guys, I, uh, I'm getting." Yeah. Well, can I have five minutes? Yeah. I'll be ready in five minutes. Well, yeah. Now we got 15 minutes to do a 20-minute AMRAP before the next class is supposed to start. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You know, the doors open at 3:30. If you want to come here early, you can do whatever before your class starts. You know, we're blessed with enough facility that we could accommodate most people doing, you know, extra credit or whatever. You know, class always is paramount. Whatever equipment they need, they get it first dibs. But definitely, if, if, if there is some extra stuff you need to work on, that's why most of our, our programming, uh, we have our, our warm-up, our stretch warm-up, strength or skill that day, and then our, our Metcon then everything else accessory-wise will be listed as extra credit to where those people that do have other goals, more, more competing on mine, they can, they can get on those accessory lifts so that accessory work and the people that are in the class don't have to feel obligated to, uh, yep. to do that. All right. So let's move on to the next part of the WAD. Um, once we get the warm-up and the stretch, or even actually before the warm-up and the stretch, uh, we talk about listening to the wide description. You know, so many times we're in a class and I feel like, you know, I'm just talking just to hear myself talk right. or, you know, I'd say the description, i say this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. It's like, all right, has everybody got it? We good? Any questions? Nobody raises their hand. And then as soon as we're like, all right, well, let's go ahead and get started. And they're like, well, wait, what, don't, wait do I need a box? Or do I, am I, what is this? Like what? Right. I say, okay, well, hold on a second. You know, so just what I'm getting at is just kind of let's pay attention so we don't have to keep, you know, over and over and over and over again. Like, I get it. You know, you're here. You want to you want to chill. You want to hang out with your girlfriends, with your guy friends, whatever. But keep in consideration everyone else's time here that is paying attention, that does have all their stuff set up. You know, that's kind of the point of why we say some of this stuff. And that's one of the one of the only reasons we static stretch prior to the workout for five to seven minutes is just to get all of that out talk to your people real uh-huh. quick you know go to the bathroom seven times whatever you need to do before the workout you know but once we finish that static stretch and we go into that warm-up you know you should already be looking at the, the whiteboard i mean we 
Wattify is a great system we use. Everybody has the workouts on their phone all week, you know. Yep. Uh, just have an, a, a kind of an understanding of what you may need to set up when you get in. You know, if you're going to tag off with someone <coughs> in a prior class, they may leave a box out for you or put their barbell on the ground so you can use it. Just just be a little more aware of that when you get when you get started. Uh, I mean, it's not a major issue, but it becomes one of those things. Like you said, everybody's ready. We got 15 people ready to go. Three, two, one. Oh, wait, I got to get a jump rope. You know, mm-hmm. then we got to stop, wait for you to get your jump rope and then come back. Yep. The majority of the time, whenever I am describing stuff, I'm going over the workout and we're over here by Wattify and you can see what's on the board. When I'm explaining things, I even say, all right, everybody got it. Anybody have any questions? Like, I'm not saying it just to ask. Like, I really want you to ask me questions. Right, right. I don't care how silly it is. If you got 10 questions about the workout, that's what I'm here for. Because maybe somebody else didn't realize they had that same question as you. But once you said it, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's yeah, how, that's absolutely. what that means? Absolutely. You know, let's, let's get those talks that going because a lot of the times, whether it's right or wrong, we might assume that most everybody understands because they've been here for a while. But if they don't ask the questions or if I say, does anybody have any questions and nobody says anything? Well, I have to assume everybody gets it. Right. You know, oh, and then no, go it ahead. even goes from like even with that is, you know, if you get your stuff and you get it set up, what I do before I, I coach a class or before we start is I'll scan one more time just to see what everybody has loaded on the bar because, you know, <clears throat> the the workout may call for 135 on a clean and jerk, but it might be a total of 70 reps, you know? So, yeah, this, this person can push 135 without a problem, but can they push it 70 times and be effective? Mm-hmm. So that's the time for me when I go, hey, look, you realize we got 70 reps today, and they're like, oh, I, I didn't realize it was 70. You know, I, I thought it was 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so we got to adjust the game, but... That's a that's just one of those things that just kind of being aware, kind of gaming the workouts, you know, of what you need uh, prior to starting. Yeah. The next thing we were talking about too is getting a whiteboard. We have a box full of whiteboards and and little uh, dry erase markers because I know as well as anybody else, I'm sure for sure one that's going to write it down. It might seem kind of silly because it's only three movements or whatever, but sometimes you get that wide brain, you know, and you got to look at that whiteboard and say, wait, crap, what is next? You know, and that's going to, if that's going to help you and to keep you moving efficiently, we have all those whiteboards just for that. Especially if you want to keep track of rounds and reps, you know, we've Absolutely. got different methods that kind of helps. Yeah, I'm notorious for going out of order. I'll do all the work, but it won't be in the same order yeah. just because I think I can re- remember it. And then yep. three, two, one, go. I'll do handstand push-ups, turn around, and everybody's putting the barbell down. You know, it, it's just, it happens. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay, but it's just failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Yeah, you know? e- exactly. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is knowing how to scale, bail, and a mid-wide scale. So what we mean by that is obviously scaling because like you talked about with the 135 or 70 reps not a lot of people are really going to do that because they don't understand the entire right. you know impact of the workout but again it goes back to asking then we talk about bailing you know if we're going to be lifting weights you have to know how to bail you have to know how to fail absolutely you know you you can't so you get, get crushed pinned under a heavy squat <laughs> clean or a squat snatch or something and not know what to do if it doesn't go right um 
We always an, say it because we've seen it or it's happened to us before, yes. you know? I remember when Dara, I thought she broke her wrist because she got pinned under a squat clean, mm-hmm. elbow to knee, you know? And it was just fighting through the rep, but probably should have bailed it a little better. Yeah. Because, um, right, I mean, we're not training for the Olympics, so how important is that one rep? Like, hey, if you're not going to get it, get out of it. you got to know how to bail. you got to know how to get out of it. And, and the, the third part I talked about, too, is a mid-wide scale. Um, I was working out with Elaine yesterday, and we were talking about what weight she should use for the thrusters on 15.5. So I was like, well, you know, you're kind of close to um, RX if you wanted to try, because she was using 55, and 65 right. was RX. I'm like, it is a benchmark workout. It's a repeatable workout. If you wanted to do it RX, you're pretty close you know, just to kind of have a, just to see, you know, I mean, I understand you might not be at the perfect time, but every once in a while, that's okay. Right. She was like, well, the other day I used it and it wasn't, it was kind of heavy. I don't know if that's a good idea. Oh, and a disclaimer, I ran a 5k before I came here. I was like, okay, well, hold on a second. That changes everything. So I said, keep the 55. However, if you get through the first round or the second round and you realize, oh, shit, like I can't go anymore, you your mid-wide scale, let's go ahead and take those 10s yeah. off and then just go faster. I mean, it's not going to hurt you. You're gonna, you know, you, it's going to probably, yeah. it will probably physically hurt a little bit more, but you have to be able to like, okay, do I swallow my pride and just do this? Is this the right thing to do? A lot of people were like, well, I've already started here. I can't. I can't change it. You can absolutely scale. Yeah, I mean, you keep everything in perspective. (laughs) In a perfect world, you know, you would start with that weight. But like you said, you know, we got to test the water sometimes. What I typically do before class, if I know someone's right on that that verge of maybe trying to push for RX but might need to, if we've got a a male trying to do thrusters at 95 and they want to go for it and, okay, I might tell them, put two tens and a five on the bar versus that 25. Yeah. So now we don't have to strip the bar completely right. down and add. Well, now we can slide a five off. We know in the weightlifting world, mm-hmm. 10 pounds is a ton yep. when it comes to lifting. Shit, them twos are heavy than two and a half. Yeah, so you slide 10 pounds off, and they should be right in their wheelhouse after attempting that RX. So, yeah, it's just uh, like just being smarter on the setup. You know, if you have any questions like that, you know, we're always here. I'm always going to be the coach that's going to tell you, just go lighter and start, you know. I'm never going to be the guy that's like, ah, just go for it, you know. Uh, That's just not me. You know, some people need to go for it 100%. But if you come and ask me what should I do, if you have hesitation, I'm going to tell you go with the lighter weight every single time. Yeah. So outside of working out, well, I guess it's not really outside of working out, but one other thing is if you break something, or if something malfunctions, or if something's not quite right with the structure of something, whatever it may be, please come and tell us. That's all I ask. I'm not going to chastise you. I'm not going to say, oh, well, you need to write me a check. Here's my (laughs) PayPal account. Here's my bank account. Like, it's not like that. But, you know, just let us know. So that way I don't just come across and pull a rower out that you accidentally broke or the the rower's been begging to be broken for so long you just so happen to sit on it today and you were the lucky candidate that broke it you know just let us know going into seven years uh we've never asked an athlete to reimburse us for anything right that's been broken during a wide and trust me over the years we've seen cracked sleeves on barbells screen cracked on a rower uh Uh, all those holes in the wall from sheetrock damage yeah you know, you name it, uh, a light fixture knocked off the ceiling, 
uh, we've seen it all over the years. You know, we've never put that back on the member. Uh, you know, we, we have an understanding, a realistic <coughs> understanding that things we do in here is not 100% beneficial to the equipment. You know, we may not 100% use it in the manner in which it is designed to, to, to be used for. We're hard on the equipment, you know, and that mm-hmm. means we're doing work, and I'm okay with that. But, yeah, if you know you have, uh, I don't know, 10-pound plates on a 45-pound bar and you keep feeling the need to drop it from seven and a half feet in the air, you know, you may get a dirty look from me once or twice because you, there's no reason to drop that, right. you know, in the air. But, yeah, you know, if, uh, if, if you go in the women's bathroom and, and stall two is out of toilet paper, you know, come find a coach or, you know, most people know where the toilet paper is at in the, uh, in the storage area. Like, yeah, let somebody know because once classes are rolling, I, I don't go in the women's bathroom often, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Unless something's going up, you know. Uh, the same thing if the toilet's clogged or, or whatever, you know. I've had to unclog a toilet and mop the bathroom during a class before. Like, mm-hmm. things happen, you know. Uh, but, yeah, the thing is, is just own it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's our facility. You know, I'm a yeah. one-man band most of the time in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Let someone know. Let a coach know. Let somebody that's been here for a couple of years know what's going yeah. on. Or, God forbid, you plug up the toilet and there's a plunger sitting next to you. Like, you're an adult. You can plunge the toilet, too. Every it's not, stall it's not, has one. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect you to keep our bathroom facilities clean, but I'm just saying, you know, hey, right. plunge the toilet. Jeez. <laughs> um, but even, even to kind of elaborate on that, we've had people tell us before that the water was dripping or, hey, yeah. something's not right. They got water on the floor. You know, it's just taking ownership, just like you would at your house if, if something was broken or misplaced or water was dripping or whatever the case may be. If you saw that and it was your house, you would fix it. Again, I'm not saying that you need to clean up our place and do all these things, but it'll help us in the long run if you just kind of, you know, hey, I noticed this or whatever the case may be. You know, it just, it's just it really goes a long way. So another thing, cleaning up after yourself. And when I talk about this, I'm really talking about like, you know, we're in South Louisiana, it gets hot as hell during the summertime and you have sweat, or as I like to call it, liquid awesome all over the place. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand is where you're working out, if you're in one of the first classes throughout the day, you're gonna have 10 other people that are gonna be working out probably in that same area. And probably laying on the same sweat that you didn't clean up. And, I mean, if you kind of think about it, it, it gets to be a little gross. Now, Ray does a good job of cleaning the floors once or twice a week or however many times he does it. And, you know, but we have uh, some paper towels. We have a bin of old towels. And we have some kind of sprays and things like that where you can at least kind of wipe up your sweat angels and, you know, right. things like that. And it just kind of helps the next person you know and again it's just taking ownership of the area and if, and if you're one of those people and we have a handful i can i can name off the top, joe jared you know de used to be like this when he was here you sweat more than the next person uh-huh. like there's a person that averagely sweats and then there's this person yeah and they make it rain and there's nothing wrong with that you know and if you're if that does happen to you and you have a 10 foot radius of sweat spots where you worked out i keep the the scrubber loaded all the time it's ready to go you know so that like jared will do it in the morning and he'll lay on next to the assault bikes on the ground and once he leaves i'll pass over it one or two times spray it and pass over with the scrubber just so it's it's up you know it's too much to clean up with a paper towel like i understand it but you got to tell somebody hey look man can i get some help over here Mm -hmm. with this like 
you know, we try to keep it as hygienic as possible. You know, that's why, you know, knock on wood, going into our seventh year, no staph infection. You know, we're relatively healthy as far as cold viruses go. I got hand sanitizer everywhere, you know. But we do try to keep it as clean as possible, you know. Uh, there are a few people that they do clean their bars off after, you know. I wish that was more of a habit, you know, getting the chalk out of the bars, cleaning the bars off with uh, with the spray or with whatever, uh, you know, we get away from that sometimes, but there are a handful of people out there that take that do take that pride and, and, and clean their chalk off the bars and, and do whatever. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I'm not I'm not 100 percent. You laying on the ground sweaty. Just let's make an effort, or just let me know. Like I said, if you got a 10 foot circle around you, I'll run over it with the floor scrubber. Mm-hmm. That's 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 nothing. Yeah, uh, and the other thing too is not just sweat, but sometimes. When you got a high volume of muscle ups or um, barbell movements or um, pull ups, people have a tendency to tear their hands, and you know especially if they're not taking care of them and they don't have good hand maintenance or whatever, you tear a callus, you get a little blood here and there. Well, if that does happen, please let us know. Uh, we do have some stuff here that we can clean up all the blood and get that off of there. Even if, you know, you need to go and take care of your hands and you can't do it. If you at least let me know, yeah. that way I can go and clean it up so the next person doesn't have to put their hands on your blood. It's just, like you know. Most most of the time, the Lysol, it'll be enough to take care of it. But if it's a lot, we do have microband that we use and that'll kill everything, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean... You know, like I said, we have a certain people just, I mean, over the time you get to know them, they're going to rip no matter what we do, whether it's high rep hand cleans or if it's pull-ups or whatever, they're going to tear. But they know, got to spray that with Lysol, got to take care of it because it's happened to me before. I grab a barbell, set up, do 10 or 12 reps, put it on the rack, look at it, and they got dry blood all over it. And I've just Mm -hmm. been lifting with it for the last five minutes, you know? Yeah, nobody wants to do that. No. Uh, The other... The third out of four bodily functions that I want to talk about is vomit. So we've had lots of people, you know, get a little high-intensity workouts, start to feel a little uh, stuff coming through, make their way outside. They, we've they only throw had up in the one back. in the history of the gym not make it to the door. Yeah. And, you know, it was pretty funny because uh, we told her before the workout that if she did a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time, it would happen, and it did, you know. Mm-hmm. But... Like I said, she got towels and cleaned it up. We cleaned it up with the Lysol. Then I floor scrubbed it. It was the last class of the day, so I scrubbed the floor with the floor scrubber all around it. And it's, I mean, like I said, we're adults. It's not a huge deal. Just make an effort to be as sanitary as possible. The only rule that we have that if you do lose your lunch is we have a fence board over here with about 50 signatures on it. You just need to put your name on there saying, hey, uh, I met Pukey. Yeah, another misconception that you throw up when you CrossFit. I mean, how many workouts have we ran through here? How many oh, people? Yeah. And we have 50 Thousands names. and thousands yeah, and thousands. Yeah, we have 50 yeah. names. Yeah. Uh, but for funny story for those of you that don't know uh, locally who's listening, when we had our old facility um, in Parody, we had a couple of folks that would go outside, and it seemed like they always went and threw up at the same exact spot in the same area, and we would just sign their names, or they would sign their name on those particular fence boards. So when we left... Ray did the best thing he possibly could have done was rip that fence board off and take it with us. So Absolutely. now it, it stands over here in the box, um, and we've still added a few signatures here and there. Fourth bodily function. It's a real thing. There's a fantastic video on this. It's called IP When I CrossFit. 
So if you want to Google that, it's a few years old, but it's a very funny video about women that actually pee in the middle of wads. And we have had women that have done it here. We have women that have feel it. They run to the bathroom and take care of it, come back out. And it's mostly like jump ropes and box jumps and all these other fun things. But again, uh, the video is hilarious and it is just like, it is a thing. So don't worry about it. Nobody cares. Nobody's judging you. If you got to pee in the workout and you want to keep on going, so be it. It's your pee. We'll just clean it up after. Not a big deal. Right. Um, so the last two things I kind of want to talk about as far as the do's go is the main thing, the main reason that we do CrossFit is just to have fun. Like we just want you to come in here, get a good workout, have fun. And just enjoy yourself. Don't be so stressed out about certain things. There's a time and a place for all that. But just come in here, do your best for that day, and have fun. Yeah, it, it should be your best hour of your day. You know, some people have jobs where every hour of the day is their best hour of the day. But some of us that don't have those type of jobs may work in a plant or on the road as a police officer or whatever. You should come in here, and this should be your time to decompress, <coughs> you know, Get a good sweat going, high-five some people, listen to the music. We're going to turn it up loud, listen to some music, and just zone out. You know, do your workout, lay on the floor after, talk about how bad it was, you know. Just get away from whatever else in life you got going on. This should be, this should be that place, you know. Uh, just, just work hard and have fun, you know. Uh, <laughs> e got in the notes, make new friends. Absolutely, you know. One thing I'm extremely proud of about our community is that I see people all the time look at a new person and go, hey, who are you? You know, how long you been here? You know, they will reach out and talk to them people, the new guy sitting on the bench. They will want to find out their story. They will bring them in. Here, get a PVC pipe. Let's go. You know, that's, that's one thing about our facility, Ted, that I'm extremely proud of, <coughs> is that uh, it is very welcoming to new people. Yeah, and, you know, just really make an effort to make new friends. You know, whenever we have a revolving door here sometimes, you'll see some people come in at 5 and 6 a.m. only, and then one day they decide to come at 9 o'clock. Well, it's a new face to you because you've never seen them before, but they've been coming here for the last year and a half. You know, just, hey, go introduce yourself. Go, right. you know, let's make the camaraderie you know, bigger than what it is and just, just meet everybody. You know, we have our Christmas party coming up, so there's probably going to be a lot of people that are going to show up that don't that have never met some of those other people even though they've been coming to crossfit for over a year you know so it's finally time to to actually meet them and put a, a name to the face and you know they may have seen them on the whiteboard for a while but now they're like oh i know you yeah. you're the lady that that always has a beer in your picture yeah. you know so it's like oh yeah this, is, this really is a person it's, it's even funnier when that person you don't know is the person you're always chasing yeah so you're at war with that person every single mm -hmm. day and you don't even know them that's even better yeah when you finally get to meet good times all right so that's all the do's let's kind of turn on the flip side and talk about some of the don'ts uh i'm gonna let you take this first one uh, that we have written down in our notes because i know we kind of touched on it a minute ago but yeah so uh don't ghost ride 10 pound plates uh they're not designed to absorb a seven foot fall uh you know if you're about to fall and break your neck of course get rid of the barbell yeah uh but if you're just coming out of a set of thrusters and you know you're about to do another set you don't need to throw that from the top you know we did monday 17.1 everybody knows it's a million and seven dumbbell snatches i seen more dumbbells dropped from up top 
to the ground than ever should be seen mm-hmm. in a lifetime, you know? Uh, they're not made for that. They're made to be dropped from a low distance. They are rubber. They're not mm-hmm. going to shatter. But, you know, the things that bind them together, the welds and the glue and everything else, it's not made for that repeated, uh, repetitive dropping from, from overhead, you know? Uh, another, the next one is empty barbells. You know, a good rule of thought is that if it's metal, don't drop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you apply that to anything in here, if it's metal, don't drop it, you'll be pretty successful. You know, empty barbells will bend. That affects the spin. Uh, that costs money, a lot right. of money. When we start getting into bars and things like that, you know. Yeah, so it it's even goes beyond just money, you know. Besides the fact that, yeah, it's going to damage the equipment. It is an extra expense to you that we shouldn't have to incur. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that it really is a safety hazard. Absolutely. Um, you know, like we did 17.1 with the dumbbells. That dumbbell is not round like a ball. It's a hexagon. It's got two ends on it. And when you drop it and it's not landed correctly, it's going to fly five feet yeah. to the side. You lost and, the cell phone Monday. Yeah, and God forbid somebody's doing a burpee next to you where you drop it and you pop them in the face with a 50-pound dumbbell. I mean, that's going to leave a mark. But, yeah, d- that's kind of funny. Uh, Elaine was doing hers. She didn't even drop it from the top. She was finished her one. She put it down, but because she, it didn't hit square, it bounced over, bam, landed on top of her phone, and now she's out a 100 something dollars because she crushed her phone. But, you know, anyway, the main thing is, is just, it's just a, it is a safety hazard. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, someone drop 10-pound plates and then the barbell bounce into the next lane almost take out an ankle, Mm -hmm. you know. I can only imagine getting hit with a barbell on the ankle bone. Yeah. Uh, It's it's not a good day, you know. Uh, But, yeah, it keeps the the facility safe. It keeps the equipment in good condition, you know. Uh, Yeah, let's let's try to limit that, you know. Of course, like I said, if your safety is is in danger, you need to get rid of the barbell. Mm -hmm. By By all all means, means. break the barbell, save your life. We'd rather, Yeah. yeah. Forget the tens. Let's save your life. Right. Now, this is the part that's going to be fun. And I want to talk about how people use chalk like their life depends on it. Okay. Um, I want to talk about how some people use chalk, (laughs) how you should actually use chalk. And let's just start right there because I'm sure we could probably talk about this for an hour because people use chalk in ways that I've never really thought about. We got some that will put chalk on their hands to do burpees because their hands are sweaty and they don't want their hands to slide. People that put chalk on their hands to do handstand push-ups because they don't want their hands to slide. Well, newsflash, it is hot as hell in Louisiana and sweat and chalk don't mix. So whenever you put five pounds of chalk and you get upside down, and the sweat drips down your hands. Now you got a hodgepodge of sweaty, Lubricant. yeah, just, yes. just nasty. So you're making it worse and worse and worse. And the more chalk you put on, the worse you're making it. So most people, like, they feel like they can't do it without it. I get that. All right, maybe it's a mental thing. It's the placebo effect. Fine. 100%. But please, please, number one, let's clean it up. Absolutely. All right. I came in one day, and the GHD was it looked like somebody took a snowblower and just blew snow all across. And I was like, why in the planet is there so much chalk on this? Well, come to find out, somebody did a workout with a ton of chalk. They got sweaty. And every time they'd get on and off the GHD, that's a whole other story, whatever. 
uh, no big deal, we cleaned it up. But let's just talk about the proper use of chalk. So the reason we use chalk is for lack of better terms, it's kind of like a drying agent, right? right? Your hand gets sweaty, and if you go to grab a bar or the pull-up rig or something like that, that sweat is going to act as a lubricant. You're going to slip all over the place. Well, if you put a thin layer, okay, I'll repeat, if you put a thin layer of chalk on your hands, and then the moisture is gone, that stuff is dry. You can grab the barbell, you can grab the bar, you can do whatever you want, right? You don't have to take a big giant heaping scoop of three pounds of chalk, smash it together like LeBron and put it all over and just turn into a, a white, uh, completely white person who's snowed out in the middle of the snowstorm just to try to get a couple extra reps on the barbell. My favorite is when someone chalks up real good and the first thing they do before they grab the bar is wipe their hands on their pants. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, what are you mm -hmm. doing, you know? Uh, it is pretty funny though, because I've seen, like Iraq touched on, we've seen people use chalk for the rower. Mm -hmm. They chalk their hands to grab the rower. Uh, handstand walks. Hmm. Uh, I've seen people to chalk their, they chalk their hands <coughs> in between burpees mm -hmm. that was a pretty good one too and they weren't even on the slicker rubber they were on the the other rubber yeah that but yeah sucks it's 100 percent a placebo effect for some people it's a safety blanket like mm -hmm. they have to have that chalk one it gives them a breather yep. you know and that's cool too if that's where you need but on the other hand you can just stand there it's okay you know you don't have to go get yeah. chalk like no one's gonna judge mm -hmm. you when you walk to the chalk bucket 15 times, I might move it yeah. between your next set, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, it, it just gets everywhere. It, it, and then it does, again, when we're out, we're out, you know. We got to go get it. We got to yeah. go find it. There's a ton of gyms out there that they don't supply they won't, No, they won't even let you use chalk. Shout out to Brad Patty. He, nope, he's done with that in his gym. You want chalk, bring yourself. He yeah. doesn't do that, you know. Uh, but we, I use chalk. I enjoy having it. Uh, I feel like it does serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. It works, you know, uh, but let's just not um, waste it yeah. or, you know. And, and the other thing is chalk lives in the bucket. And what I mean by that is if you do decide to go in and scoop your three pounds of chalk and rub it profusely in between your hands, please do so inside of the bucket. That way all the residual stuff that you slapping and clapping around stays in the bucket. And then the best part about that is when I do say, hey, keep the chalk in the bucket. You know, I, I, I got a good relationship with most people, so I'll kind of give them shit about it. But I say, keep the chalk in the bucket. They're like, oh, okay, my bad. Then they walk over to the bar. And before they do, what do they do? Clap their hands a couple times and poof, poof. Yeah, chalk is all over. Uh, or, or even the, the greatest one I've seen a couple times. I've actually done this myself, too. You're in the middle of the wild. You're doing pull-ups. you got a whole bunch of them to do. You go and you get a little bit of chalk. You keep it in the bucket where it, where it lives. Put the chalk, I mean, the bucket over to the side. Get up, start doing your, your pull-ups, and pa-poom! Punt the bucket of chalk halfway across the box. Chalk goes everywhere. Yeah, chalk goes everywhere. It's a dust storm you in there. judged immediately yeah. by your coach. Exactly. And look, I get that happens too, but <laughs> again, if that happens to you, you know, just that I'd rather that happen than person bring block of chalk to their area, oh. drop their barbell, exactly. and then barbell crushes chalk. Uh-huh. And then instead of using that chalk that's crushed into the ground, 
Well, walk over to the bucket and get yeah, some more chalk. Or, or better yet, when they accidentally crush the chalk on the ground, then they do they put they rub their hands on the ground where the chalk was so that they can get it and just spread it everywhere and and it's fun. Or I've seen them grab it, put it in the little J cup of the rig, and then through all the herky jerk of the pull ups and butterflies, the it falls off, hits and. Boom, it's like freaking Hiroshima where the head just annihilates into uh, everything. But, um, yeah, people, if, if that happens to you, it's cool. It's no big deal. Like, you know, we got brooms and dustpans and stuff if you want to clean up your mess. That, that's cool. That, we would appreciate that. Yeah. And if you don't know how to use a broom, I heard, uh, it's funny, I'm a, uh, I was listening to a podcast with Spieler and Doug on uh, Icon Athlete, and he was talking about that, which made me laugh. He says, you know, if it happens to you, no big deal. Go get a broom and a dust, uh, uh, a little dust thing. And he says, if you don't know how to use a, a, a broom, I can teach you. I'm yeah. a coach. That's what There's I do. No doubt about it. We have a million cleaning supplies in this yeah. facility. Anybody that's unqualified to use them, we can qualify you really oh, yeah. quickly. It's an easy certification. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that we talk about with uh, when you said something about the barbells, we'll see a lot of people get that same three pounds of chalk and they'll put it all over the knurling of that bar. Well, it's actually taking away part of the problem. Like, the uh, yeah, the, so the knurling is there to have to create a little bit of friction. They got all those little peaks and valleys and it's supposed to give you some good grip. But when you fill all those peaks and valleys with chalk, with so much chalk, a couple of things happen. Number one, you take away that little bit of friction. Now, it may work a little bit because you've pulled all the moisture away with all that chalk, but you're kind of defeating the purpose, you know, like you're robbing from Paul to pay Peter, and, and right. it just doesn't really, it's just I not the best thing. I think a lot of thing. that comes from that safety blanket, too, Yeah, you know? I, I um, totally agree. And that's, like, seven years of doing CrossFit, I have never caked a barbell mm -hmm. with chalk. I've caked a pull-up rig during Murph. Yeah. But, yeah, it was torrential downpour, oh, too. I remember that. But yeah, we were just looking wet. for anything yeah. to help. But, yeah, absolutely what he said. You know, you, you fill all that knurling in with that chalk, and now your hands are moist, and the chalk is, is wetter than can dry fast mm -hmm. enough. You're just causing mud. It's making yeah. mud on the... Uh... So, again, if, if you do decide to do that, like, okay, that's fine. I get it. But... Please Let's clean. clean that up because Please so many times it. we've come in and they got a, a old dark bar with two big giant bright white you know uh, chalk spots on it. And one thing that does is that you know most of the athletes they don't see it, but I'll see it because I'm the guy with the the mm -hmm. brush cleaning the chalk off at five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens is the moisture that was on your bar when you cake that chalk onto it, well the top will dry, but that chalk will hold the moisture to the bar, and that. Of course, the beautiful weather we have down in South Louisiana, mm -hmm. it's just more prone to rust and yep. corrosion. Plus the salt from your sweat and everything else. Good yep. stuff. It's just a wonderful combination. All right, I'm, I'm sure we could talk about chalk and tell funny <laughs> stories all the time. And, uh, you know, we could have called out a hundred different people, but we're going to refrain for now. Uh, so the last thing I kind of want to talk about, or the last thing I have in my notes, rather, is uh, a touchy subject. And it's cheating reps or not going full range of motion and different things and so there's a couple of reasons why we really encourage people not to do this number one is just the sheer integrity of of doing the right thing like just That's just right. do the right thing okay number two is a lot of people 
I'd say more than half of our members like to compete in the Open at the end of the year or have aspirations to maybe go into a, a competition, a local competition or whatever the case may be. And if you're always cheating reps or if you're not getting the chin over the bar, if you're not squatting deep enough, but you either think that you are or you just choose not to, then those things become um, brutally apparent in the open when you have a judge. Brutally apparent whenever you go to a competition and you get mad because the judge is no repping you when, in fact, he's correct in his no reps. Yes. Right. So um, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is, and I know you've heard it before as well, is that people get butthurt about it. Absolutely. We got the Wattify here where people track their things and there's a whiteboard so it kind of ranks everybody based on what they did rx their times the weight they lifted or whatever the case may be which is a, a great thing but it's also a terrible thing because people know who cheats reps and who doesn't have the range of motion and all this other stuff and whenever this whenever person b worked their tail off, did everything that they could, and they got they finished the wad in 13 minutes. And then you got player A who doesn't know how to count, nor does he do pull-ups or squat the right way, and he finished it in 12 minutes. Well, player B kind of gets a little upset about it and was like, man, this is, what, what the hell? Like, he's over. So sometimes we kind of play the social coach. We're like, hey, look, it's not that big a deal. Don't worry about it. You know, just believe me, everybody knows who they right. are everybody knows but you know it's it just <clears throat> promotes a negative right. aspect in our box which it sucks i hate it because i don't like you know we've got a great box we've got great relationships it's, with everybody but there's it's, it's there's no way in a planet that's not everywhere that's it has to be in every, every facility <clears throat> that does what we do this is on some level way shape or form is there you know and it comes back to me all the time. I hear it all the time about so-and-so and so-and-so. So one as a coach, I have a pretty good idea of person A's goals, person B's goals, mm-hmm. person C's goals, okay? If person C wants to be a competitor with aspirations to go into regionals or whatever, the standard for them will be so much higher yeah. than person A who is just, you know, 53-year-old grandma who just is happy to not be in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a little range of motion in the hip issue. Uh, you know, overheads, squats probably aren't happening, you know, but they, they, they give it a whirl. You know, three, two, one, go. She's rocking out her overhead squats, maybe not as deep as, you know, we would want. Right. But she's still having a good time. She's getting a good workout in. Well, of course, I'm not going to sit there and just keep telling her over and over again, hey, that's not a rep. That's not a rep. No, I'm going to say things like, hey, let's try to work a little bit deeper. You know, you're doing the right things, but just get a little mm-hmm. bit deeper to where, look, she has no aspirations of going anywhere further than this. You know, mm-hmm. average normal CrossFitter that comes in that plays around with parallel or below parallel. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you know, a, a coach is not going to sit there and watch one person's reps every single time. I may say something like, hey, get a little bit deeper, man. You know, you're playing with parallel, get below parallel, and then I'll move on. You know, it's not my job to sit here and count reps. We got 21, 15, 9, and then 21, you want to do 18, 15, you do 12, and then 9, you do 7, and you click Rx on the board because you want a good time. 
Well, people ask me all the time. I have no opinion about that because that's their per- mm-hmm. that's their personal fitness goal. Everyone knows you didn't do a sub three mm-hmm. minute Fran. You know we've seen your pull ups before. Right. You know it's it, it it's okay to be exactly where you are. You know no one's trust me. I'm about as run of the mill as it comes in here, uh, and. You've seen me not click RX a million times mm-hmm. because halfway through handstand push-ups, I had to switch and do something yeah. else. Or the same thing with chest bar pull-ups. So, you know, it's, I'm not going to cheat my reps just to get an RX time. Or, you know, that's bananas because yeah. all I'm doing is stealing from my own personal fitness, mm-hmm. you know. I, and we've seen some over the years that have just been so blatant right. that you don't even always understand how they can tell you their time with a straight face. I know. You know, because it's like... but. But as a coach, you know, if that, that person, and it's not the majority at all. No, no, you know, no. It's, and even, look, everybody gets wide brain. If you forget what number you're on, you know, that happens. You know, if you, I know I've miscounted reps a hundred times working out. Okay, but I'm not going to miscount by seven. Right. You know, if, and if that's the case, if that's what you're doing, you know, you need to really just look on the inside and go, what are my goals? You know, what, what am I really trying to achieve? If, mm-hmm. Am I just trying to be the fittest on the whiteboard that day or am I trying mm-hmm. to improve my fittest over time? Yeah, you know? should make a movie about that fittest in, on the whiteboard. Fittest on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because you're going to get a prize for being number three at River Parish CrossFit on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Or like Nicole know? always says, oh, yeah, look, steady fourth. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> right. and that's the thing. You know, and on the other hand, um, I try to tell people, you know, Ben Bergeron always harps on it, and I try to do it, you know, and I fail constantly. But it's only worry about the things you can control. Yeah. You know, if, if partner A, if, you know, if, if I'm working out with E-Rock, which we work out together all the time, you know, E-Rock can't count for shit once the workout starts, and I know that. And we're going through something. I may look at him and be like, man, how many handstands you did? And he might go, four. four oh, man, we had to do whatever, and he'll go back and bang them out, or vice versa. You know, if he does something way faster, you know, I might call him out on it because I know how we work out together. You know, but if you're worrying about constantly this other person's time or their, worry about what you can control. You can control your pace. You can control your breathing. You can control how many reps you do unbroken. If you focus more on that, then person A, who you know cheated five reps and got a better time, you you know, worry about the things that you can control, and you're going to be very successful. Yeah, and, you know, don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about the occasional flub up, you know, because like, just like you said, I, when I get wide brain sometimes and I'm thinking about what I can do better on this next one or how this other one's going to feel, all of a sudden I've done five, six, seven reps, and I realize I haven't been counting the whole time. Like that happens to me, and that legit happens. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, shit, I think I'm on six, so I'm going to go ahead and finish six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. And then, but there's really no other rhyme or reason. Now, is that right? Is it wrong? I don't know. I honestly have not clicked RX sometimes because I was like, and I've even told you, like, oh, man, how? like, dude, I have no idea what happened on the 15s. Right. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Like, that happens. I don't care about that. Or somebody who's doing wall balls. You know, you got a ton of wall balls, and they, you know, they're getting tired, and then there's a couple of them where they don't go deep enough, or they don't quite get to the, the 10 spot. You know, I, I, I'm not mad at you, bro. Like, it's, no. it's all good. Your fitness is increasing. Like, and I, but I, we said it the other day. We did, uh, as Nicole would say, a stupid workout. It was a 20-minute imam, eight burpees, eight wall balls. Mm-hmm. 
I cannot tell you how many wall balls did not hit the 10-foot oh, oh, line. Yeah. If, if and I know. sat there and I counted every single one of them because you know what? At 20 minutes, I did 150 yeah. wall balls and that 150 burpees. And I was completely happy with my workout. I had a good time. Would I have gotten no rep in the competition? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Were we in a competition? No, we weren't. No. You know? But I wasn't going to stop and go, okay, do another one. I only had... Three seconds to get my life back together before the next round. Yeah, that Absolutely was tough. Absolutely not. You know, funny story about that wad was uh, when the wad, the way we wrote the wad, the way we wrote the wad was uh, it was an imam where you did one minute of eight burpees, but we had the option of you doing eight or ten. Right. Right. And then the other minute was the um, wall balls. Right. That's right. Eight, eight or ten wall balls. So the majority of the people did eight or actually even scaled below because it got pretty brutal for 20 minutes. Um, so I, was, I wasn't even going to attempt the tens because I just knew it would be collectively just like no That's way. Right. So I started on the eights and I would do eight and then I'd do my burpees and it just got bad. Well, after it was done and I was laying by the fan trying to um, just bring, breathe life back into myself, uh, a couple of like... Trey and Taylor and all them came by. Well, when Trey comes by, you know, I'm gaming him up, right? Because I know he's going after me. So he's like, hey, how was that, E? And I was like, oh, it was pretty tough, man. I said, uh, you're going to have to go after those tens. He was like, man, you did tens? So I was like, hell yeah, I did tens, man. And you and I said, hey, don't be no bitch. You're going to do tens too. He was like, oh, crap. So then he walks away and Taylor goes, hey, E, you, you really did ten? I was like, no, man, I didn't do 10, I did 8. I just said 10 because I want him to go do 10, right? right? And he was like, oh, okay, man, because for a second there, I thought you were lying. I was like, well, I mean, technically I was lying, you know, but I'm just doing that because I want to see yeah, if, if Trey's going to go do it. Well, the funny thing was, Eddie comes walk over by, back by me, and uh, we just kind of bullshitting about the wide, and I was like, yeah, I told Trey that I did 10. So Eddie says, no, bro, you did eight. I was counting. <laughs> so I was like, well, I know I did that, but I, I said I just told him that because I wanted to see what he did. Well, the funny thing was I, I'm going home that evening. I'm, Nicole's cooking dinner. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I'm not sure how I feel about this. It's like, yeah, I told because I tell her the story. You, you're a game yeah, type, and, and Eddie was like, no, man, I, uh, I, I was counting. You only did eight. So then I thought about it. I was like, damn, am I, am, am I that dude? But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, nah, man, I, that, that can't be it. So I'm sure Eddie probably just was, he was trying to game his own thing off of me and just came in after and was like, hey, he's doing eight, so maybe I'll do eight. So he probably did tens because that dude's way more yeah. fit than I am. But The thing with you is funny is, like we, I said, we work out a lot. Those of you who don't know E-Rock, he has a much better motor than I do. I can lift more than him. You know, it's kind of yin and yang. So they have workouts where we'll be going through a workout, and it'll be something where I know E-Rock is supposed to be finished before I am. And I'm like, how many are you doing? And he's like, ah, I, I stopped counting. Like, mm-hmm. right, dude, move on. Like, yeah. you know, uh, but it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a sore subject, you know. Like, I, I mean, I guess I hate to end the podcast on that, uh, <laughs> on that subject. But the thing is, is, and there's a saying, no one cares if you cheat. Uh, or no one cares what you do. Everyone cares if you cheat, you know, mm-hmm. like just do you to the best that you can do. You know, don't don't cheat to get on Wattify because I'm pretty sure I could find a way to turn that shit off if I had to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, people come at me all the time and I'm, I'm not going to I'm not ever going to call a person out for cheating reps. You know, that's just 
hey, they're in here to achieve whatever they're looking to achieve. If you set your goals based off somebody else, then, you know, you need to look at yourself mm-hmm. as what you're, what, what do you come here for, you know? Yeah. Mine is to do as best that I can do every single day, you know? Uh, I may ask somebody what their time was just to get a, uh, you know, what all the guys we work around with. And girl, it's girls, you know, I work out with Nicole a lot. I work mm-hmm. out with my wife a lot, you know. Uh, I know if it takes them a certain amount of time with a certain amount of weight where I should be at, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's never because it's like, okay, let me gain this so I can mm-hmm. smash their time. Yeah, right. no, that's not going to happen. Well, that just kind of made me think about one other thing is that RX button in Wattify seems to drive people crazy at times. Some people want to click that RX button so bad that, you know, they'll do whatever they can to do it. Now, that goes across other scaling stories, and we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that part. But that RX button is as prescribed, meaning every single section of, your, of the workout has to, be writ- has to be done as it's written, which means if the, if the WAD is pull-ups, 135-pound thrusters, and a one-mile run, something crazy Sounds like that. completely terrible. You have, in order to click RX, you have to do everything exactly like it's done. You can't scale one option. If you decide to row instead of the run, it's not RX. That's right. If you scale those, uh, that barbell movement, then it's not RX. Unless we have it written in, you know, 200-meter run or 300-meter row. Right, right. In that particular case, yes. But I see a lot of times... Like some people will say, oh, well, I know he did, he rode instead of running and, and that's not RX. So it's, you know, it's another one of those things where you shouldn't, don't really worry about it. It's not that big a deal, but people truly get butthurt about it. Look, I try to make a a statement of it. You know, I get a text message all the time. Man, what happened? You didn't do RX. I said, yeah, well, I moved everything, but I didn't do chest to bar pull-ups because there was 87 of them. So to keep within the time frame, I did regular Mm pull-ups or whatever the scale is. So I can focus more on my intensity level versus let me work on this skill level. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's just that's where my that's where I need to focus on right now in my training. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and we see it all the time. You know, I'll get somebody asking me, "Hey, if I do this, is it is it RX?" I'm like, "Well, no, because yeah. you're changing it." Right. You know, but for me, it's never an issue about clicking RX because if everyone if everyone knew how many times. RX plus was actually RX mm-hmm. that I modified for the masses, mm-hmm. then no one would be clicking RX in here, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so just to kind of end the podcast on a little bit more of a positive note, I think we should just kind of get off our soapbox for a little bit and hopefully, and I, we probably should have said this from the very beginning, but uh, I'm sure we might have uh, ruffled some feathers a little bit or some people thought that all we're doing is bitching about a lot of things, but let us just say that we just kind of wanted to clear up some things or just get some notes out there that we really do. We love everybody here. We, are, we really do care for the people here. We have great relationships. And we're not, we didn't mean any of this thing to be no. so negative or anything like that. So we're getting off our soapbox for a minute. But we just wanted to make sure that everybody understands that, hey, this all it's, love. It's the same yeah. observations. We've, we talked about this every week for the last seven years yeah and nothing's been different you no. know it's not gonna change no. it just is what it is trust me i got friends that <clears throat> own gyms all over louisiana and i'll send a text message you know one of our friends i won't say his name he has an issue with how his members stack the boxes up 
And if you ever find this person's gym on Facebook, he will call out people's names. Uh-huh. On They can't stack the boxes how he want them. You know, every gym has their own things, you know. And look, if these are the worst problems we ever have with this facility, oh, yeah. and we're, uh, trust me, we're way ahead of the curve. Yeah, we're not uh, complaining. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So uh, this kind of concludes everything. And hopefully everybody will still be members here at, at the box and they won't <laughs> decide to leave us. But uh, thanks for listening. And we've got lots more things coming down the pipe. We're hoping to have some really cool guests on pretty soon. And uh, we're excited about what's to come. So thanks for listening. Um, and we'll catch y'all later. <laughs>